the Buddha scriptures tell us that he was the son of Sudodan, head of the warrior Shakya tribe, and his wife Mahamaya. Mahamaya was the daughter of the chief of the Kolya clan, another people whose land adjoined that of the Shakyans. The Shakyans and the Kolyas believed that they were descended from a common ancestor. Though constantly at war with each other, they also regarded each other as kin, and intermarriage between them was common. Since Gautam belonged to the Shakya tribe, he is also called Shakyamuni, or the sage of the Shakyans. Within the Shakya tribe were several clans or Goth. The Buddha belonged to the Gautam Goth. Thus Gautam was his clan name and used much like a surname is today. The land of the Shakyans lay in the north of India, across the foothills of the Himalayas. Though most Buddhist sources say that Suttodhan was a king, the ancient Pali scriptures show that he was really a provincial governor. The Shakyans followed the republican form of government, which means that their chief was an elected leader, not a hereditary king. The Shakyans were not an independent people. They were vassals of the powerful king of Koshal, who ruled over a kingdom that stretched from the northern bank of the Ganga River all the way up to the Himalayan foothills. The capital of the Shakyas was Kapilavatu, a busy market town on the banks of the river Rohini. Though Gautam grew up in Kapilavatu, he always called himself a Koshlan and throughout his life remained loyal to the king of Koshal. Buddhist scriptures give us the story of Gautam's birth in detail. It is said that one full moon night, as Mahamaya lay asleep, she had a strange and wonderful dream. She dreamt that she was carried away by the gods to a lake high up in the Himalayas. There she bathed and was dressed by the gods in fine clothes and costly jewels. A white elephant holding a white lotus in its trunk then appeared and circling her three times entered her womb from the right side. Next morning, she related the dream to her husband Sudodhan, who asked some wise men to explain it to him. The wise men, who were skilled at reading such signs, declared that Mahamaya's dream meant that she had conceived a son who would either be a great king or a Buddha. When the time for her delivery was close, Mahamaya asked her husband's permission to visit her parents, who lived in the nearby town of Devada. It was a custom then that a daughter should give birth in her parents' house. So Sudodhan agreed and made arrangements for her journey. Mahamaya left for Devada, accompanied by attendants and soldiers, to look after her. She had travelled only a few miles from Kapilavatu when she passed the beautiful Lumbini garden. Tired and wishing to rest for a while, Mahamaya ordered her attendants to stop. While wandering in the garden, she was overcome by labor pains, and almost immediately she gave birth to a strong and lovely baby boy. It was the full moon day of the Indian calendar month of Vaisak, which corresponds roughly to the modern month of April. Mother and child were escorted back to Kapilavatu at once where Sudodhan received them with great joy. News of the baby's birth spread quickly amongst the people and celebrations broke out across the land. The sage Asit, meditating in the Himalayas at the time, 
heard of the birth of Sudodan's son and came at once to see him. Asit was a wise and learned man and had the ability to foretell the future. Sudodan, pleased and honoured by the sage's visit, brought his baby son to him. Please tell me what my son's future will be, he requested the sage and placed the baby before him. The baby turned its tiny feet towards Asit, who, surprised, examined the baby's feet carefully and saw strange marks on them. Asit realized what the marks meant. This child will be a great teacher, he said. Asit knew that he himself would not be alive to see the baby become a Buddha, and his eyes filled with tears of regret. Bowing his head and folding his hands, he paid reverence to the child.